So, um, if you've been following along with us in this Stronger series and been on the website and been kind of following the journal, you know where we're headed today. Um, pretty excited about it, but uh, very excited about what could come from it. If you take it seriously, if you hear from God today, um, I believe that uh, what we're talking about today, uh, what we start today is one of the most important parts of our life, um, truthfully, and I don't think we take it enough serious. I truthfully don't. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard these statistics, um, but uh, as of right now, two out of five Americans are thought of as obese um, in some ways. They say by the year 2030, that could be as much as four out of five if we keep going the way we're going. So, man, it got quiet quick, didn't it? Not in this place. It's about to change. But we are really, really want to take seriously what God has for us because it's not just about looking good. It's not just even about feeling good. It's about living life the way God intends for us which leads us to the peace and the hope and the joy and all those things that we really want in life and we're trying to fill when we buy a Big Mac. I mean, it just is, it, it really is um, the way God intends for us to live our lives. And um, so, really excited about the kinds of things that happen. What I've noticed is when we get the physical part of our lives um, in check, or at least in the, on the road to being in check, then other things start to fall in place too with our, with our self-esteem and our self-control. Um, and so I'm really excited about it. If you're not careful though, you'll just listen to this sermon and it'll be another one of those moments like a New Year's resolution where you go, well, I don't think I can do it. I've tried it before. But I want you to know that, that uh, I think this is a different approach at the way that we think about our physical bodies and that uh, I'm really excited about the way God has kind of shaped this thing up for the next few weeks. And I want to give you a chance to kind of take a deep breath this morning and get your heart right so you can hear from God. So let's do that together and then I'll just jump right into it this morning. God, we give you thanks for caring enough about us to choose to be a part of our lives. It might sound weird to those of us who aren't quite ready to follow yet, but for those of us who have accepted Jesus and are trying to follow God, you have told us that you have come to live in our bodies, not, not emotionally, not some spiritual, just spiritually, but physically to be in our bodies, and a lot of us don't seem to care. Whether it's food that we put in, whether it's poison that's going into our bodies, whether it's not getting enough rest or exercise, or not taking advantage of the rhythm of life that you've intended. God, I pray that you would blow across this room right now. Even people in this room who aren't sure they believe you exist, they're just kind of kicking the tires on the whole thing. God, would you bring us some fresh perspective on the way you intend for us to live our lives and the way you intend for us to deal with our bodies that you've given us. We choose no matter what illness we brought in, no matter what problem we have, we choose right now to listen with a clear heart, a clear mind you would speak to us in your son's name. Amen. It never fails that when I start a sermon on the physical body, um, I've done this many times in my, as I'm preaching, it never fails that the sermon series day, I get hit by an illness. I woke up this, yesterday morning with a fever of 100.5 or something like that, which for a man you add to because they're such wimps. Um, 
And uh, so for me, it's 102.5. You know, I got a, I've got a fever. I got a fever today. That's why I haven't been shaking and hugging because, and that's my loving you still. Um, I've got I've got sickness, so I got this physical thing. And then um, all the way here, you know, I'm I'm thinking about all the food. I'm just hungrier than usual. That always happens, and I want the greasy thing. You know, I walk in, and guess what day it is? Girl Scout cookie delivery day. <laughs> I'm telling you, it happens every time because it's everywhere, is it not? It is everywhere. Everywhere you go, every gas station you stop up. I have a good friend who has an addiction to the food and drinks in gas stations and spends, I don't know, $150 to $200 a month on drinks and junk at gas stations. It's just part of the life. And it doesn't matter where you go, you have this in your face. You have awful food, you have good food, you have all kinds of temptations for your body all over the place. And if you're not careful, you're going to sit here today and do what you do when people talk about your body. You're going to feel guilty a little bit, and then you're going to shut off. You're going to say, I've done that, I've tried it, it doesn't work for me. I can't afford it, I don't have time for it, I don't want to think about it. And I want you to know that those are the exact things that the enemy wants you to be thinking this morning. And if you think that's a weird thing to say, you haven't been around here very much, that's okay. What we believe is that there's a force in your life that wants you to pursue peace and joy and hope in any direction except for the one that can actually give you what you're looking for. He wants you to pursue whatever it is you think will make you happy as long as it's not God. And he will make it seem good, he'll make it seem fun, he'll make it taste good, he'll make it smell good, he'll make it look good, he'll even make it work for a period of time. Until things get so bad and finally things fall apart and you dive in and you finally go to trust that thing that you thought would bring you that peace and that hope in your life and it's the very thing that destroys you. And it's happened over and over and over in the people that I love. Some of them in this room, some of them not. But I can tell you, I have lost my patience with the people that I love pursuing things that are leading them down dark alleys. You know, this happens all the time. We see this happen with our kids all the time. Why is it so easy for us to see this in other people? Why is it so easy for us to look at other people's lives and go, you're going in the wrong direction? But then we look at our own lives while we're eating our own junk and we're doing our own stuff and think, I'm okay. The reason is because there is this veil around those of us who are pursuing God. And if we're not careful... The, the enemy will use this veil to lead us down dark alleys, to move us in positions. Sometimes it seems good, sometimes it seems right, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's even a spiritual issue. But as we get closer and closer to some of these things, we realize that they are leading us further from what we are pursuing and the peace and hope and joy that comes from God. And I am so serious about this today that I'm going to challenge you with some big things. Some of you are going to leave here with feelings about me you've never had before. <laughs> Maybe some of you have had those feelings about other issues. (laughs) Some of you are going to leave this place mad. I know it because I've preached these sermons before. I'm going to get emails, and that's okay. You're going to say bad things about me on the way home to your husband or your wife in the car, and that's okay. I just want you to know this morning that I have prayed up this thing so much. I've been praying about this sermon series since like last year sometime. And I feel so clear that this stuff is from God that I just want you to remember, when you're cussing out me, you're cussing out God, because it ain't my words, okay? So this is between you and God. The things I'm saying are coming from Scripture today, and I want you to know this isn't intended to give you guilt because guilt doesn't work. In fact, you know that guilt does not come from God. 
I hear all the time Christians say, I feel guilty. I want you to know guilt does not come from God. Good things come from God. Guilt is not one of those things. Guilt doesn't lead you to change. It leads you to do something quick. It leads you to little quick diets when you feel guilty. It leads you to things that don't work. Guilt does not work, and guilt does not come from God. So if you feel guilt from this thing, you need to stop because it's not from God. Now, the Holy Spirit prompts us, moves us, changes us, but never makes us feel guilty because guilt is just feeling bad about ourselves. What he wants us to do is notice where we are and where we could be, and that's what I'm praying for you today, that you'll notice some things in your life in a couple different ways, and you'll make some serious strides to be who God wants you to be. Because here's the thing, your body, from the very beginning of time and from the very beginning when God started creating, your body is a big deal to God. The way you treat your body is a big thing. And I know a lot of Christians, and I've felt like this in my life too, where you just go, you know what, how big a deal is my body to God, really? How big a deal is it to God if I stop and get another value meal number two supersized with a Sprite? We say it really quick, don't we? I can say it really quick. Value meal number two supersized with a Sprite. That used to be my thing every day. Yeah, and I felt good because Sprite's caffeine-free. <laughs> I did it. I, I did it. I memorized it. We memorize those things. They're all over our lives. What do you want in your drink? I want a tall, non-fat, double, quip, double poop, whatever, latte, you know, we got all these things. We know them all. They're, they're in our mind, but you know what isn't? Are the pieces of scripture where God says, man, you were fearfully and wonderfully made, and if you have chosen to follow me, I'm living in you. So when you order a double whip, double flop, double tripped, whatever, at the Starbucks, you're, it's God's body you're putting it in. When you order a supersized number two with what, you better know what you're getting. You better figure out what you're doing because it's not just you. It's a big deal to God what you put in your body. We're going to talk about it. It's a big deal to God how you use your body. So I'm going to talk today about two things that, man, when I was a younger preacher, I used to get so uncomfortable about these things, and my face will turn red today at some point, I'm sure. But I'm not near as uncomfortable as I used to be. When God talks about your body, he talks about all kinds of things with our bodies, but he talks about two specific things that he created our body to be used for that he intends to be incredibly pleasurable and a wonderful part of our life, but we use them for destruction. One of them is food and the other one is sex. I said it, and we're going to talk about both of them today. They, are, they go hand in hand. They are part of the way God has intended for us to live our lives. They, the enjoyment that we get from them is part of what God wants us to have. And most of us sitting in this space right now have perverted both of them. Present company included. And what we like to do is be real secretive about both of them. The enemy loves what happens in the secret. He loves the dark. He loves the secret. He loves the secrets that you have right now because here's what the Bible says about, about secrets. As long as it's secret, as long as it's in the dark, the light doesn't affect it, but just a tiny bit of light, just a little bit of, man, I, I listened to this sermon Sunday, honey, and I deal with what John was talking about. That alone, that just that much light starts to shrivel those problems. It starts to immediately make changes. Some of you are going to walk out of here today and I'm going to hit this in the head already. This is the way I've lived my life when it comes to sex and food. I'm going to make these changes, but I'm not going to tell anybody about my struggles. Because if I do, they'll think of me differently. Like that I'm a normal person who deals with normal things like food and sex. And I don't really want the people to think of me that way, especially if I'm a preacher. 
So I want you to know that right now, I'm going to abolish that from you. Your job is to get better, and the way you get better with all of these things we're talking about is to shed light on it. It's to do better. It's to let God look at it. It's to let the people that you trust and the people that are around you help you through these things, and that's part of what God intends for your life. What you do with your body is a big deal. Check this out. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Some, maybe you've never heard this before. Um, I'm hoping that some of you never have and that this will be a big epiphany for you. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says this. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I think of this all the time. I mean, I, I said we're going to be honest, right? I drove here today and told Risha what I was going to preach about while I was eating an Egg McMuffin. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Here's the thing about it. I, I'm not, I mean, what I like to say and what Paul's saying is Egg McMuffins are good. God makes good things, right? Unless I can't go to church on Sunday mornings without stopping to get an Egg McMuffin. And I'm almost there. And here's what I say to myself. Maybe you find yourself in this. Man, this preaching thing is exhausting, and I deserve it. You know, I've been so good this week. I've been staying under 1,600 calories. I've ran every day. I deserve it. Uh, you start talking to yourself like that, you need to stop in your tracks. Because this is how we fall into this thing. Paul says that some things are good in your life, but you need to find the things you're a slave to. Find the things that you can't control in your life. Every one of you just popped one of them into your head. And you hope I can't see them. The things that you can't control in your life, Paul says, those are the things, those are the places where you start. This is true. He says, though someday God will do away with everything. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. Look at verse 14. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Verse 15, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Now, the, the original language here, sometimes in the Greek, it's kind of ambiguous, and you do, and you think, well, what could that really mean? And maybe that's kind of spiritual. No, this is like a physical term, like my arm is attached to my body. We are, God is attached, Jesus is attached to us. Those of you who are following Jesus, if you're not following Jesus, you kind of get a pass here for a minute. If you have not chosen Jesus, um, this, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. If you have said, I am born of the blood of Jesus, I am saved by the blood of Jesus, and I am going to follow his ways, you need to know that Jesus has come to take up residence physically in your body. There is this a physical thing. It's like he is attached to you now. This should change everything for us. But the longer you're a Christian, the easier it gets to live with a tenant, you know? You think you're the landlord and God is a tenant. God says it just doesn't work that way. Don't you realize that our bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say, the two are united into one, but the one person who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. It starts to sound weird. First Paul's talking about the body, and then he's talking about sex, and he's talking about immorality in both ways. And I want you to know there's a very good reason for this. Because these are the two things that deal with your body that people, humans, struggle with the most. Food and sex. And they both have this opportunity in you to destroy who you are 
if you get out of control by them. You know this. You know, before Jesus came, the religious people of the time, they just obeyed rules. That's all they did. It drove Jesus nuts. He couldn't stand the, the religion for sake of religion. He wanted lifestyle, not religion. And so he went to them one day, and they're, and they're like, Jesus is saying, hey, you got some sex problems in this whole religion thing. And they took offense to that. Jesus, no, you said, Bible says, here it is, right here. The Bible says that if I have sex with another woman, then I'm committing adultery. But I'm not, I'm just, I'm just you know, looking at them, watching them. I'm just on the internet watching porn. It's not really adultery, right? Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, don't, have adult, don't commit adultery. I'm saying, if you look at a woman wrong, if you look at a woman with the eyes, and you don't need me to go into this, you know what I mean. If you look at a woman wrong, you have already committed adultery with her. And then you look at Paul and he says, there's this oneness thing that happens. There is a sincere, serious effort for Paul to say, you have some major issues. And you know God cares deeply about what you do with and what you eat and what you do with your body. He says this, verse 18, run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Here's the thing about food and sex. Next slide there. Both can be wonderful, both can be destructive. And both need to be done God's way or they will cause you to lose control of your life. And this is a haunting piece of scripture. If you're actually above the age of, I don't know, 12, and you have known somebody whose marriage has been destroyed because of sex out of control, whose life has been destroyed because of this, Maybe it's not even sex. Maybe it's the food thing. Maybe you know somebody who died at the age of 52 because they could not control their addiction to food. You know what this does. I love this piece of scripture. Paul gives us some really important things when it comes to this. I, I have spent so much of my life dealing with um, my, I don't know if it's an addiction to food or just a fascination with it. The same urge I have with, with sex in my life, I have with food. And you know what, the funny thing is that I look at the animals and I think, you know what, this is what separates us from animals, isn't it? This ability to, to want something really bad, but to stop ourselves because we know it's not the right thing for us, that's really one of the only things that separates me from Bogey, my dog. I mean that and I, I can poop inside, you know? It's the only thing. No comment. It's the, uh, these are the only things that really that separate me from the animals is that I can control myself, yet I choose to continue to do things that I know are far from God and far from what God wants me to do. Paul says this. Paul has a plan for these urges, and I love this. And if you've got these urges in you, if you don't, if you can fog a mirror, you have these urges in you today. Here's what Paul says. For, those, uh, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war the way the world does. I love that sentence right there. I was, I was thinking about this as I'm watching the, uh, the Olympics and thinking about the way um, I watched the opening ceremonies and I thought about the billions, I said billions, of dollars that are spent 
on the Olympics and all the things that are going. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying this, that part of that whole fiasco and that whole production that we're seeing right now in Russia is a political statement. It's part of war. It's part of the way that we talk to each other and deal with each other. And I watch that, and there's this gross feeling at times, and I'm sure you've had that too. And just go, man, this is not the way God has called Jesus followers to do life. We don't, we don't wage war. We don't war with each other like that. We don't use the tools the world uses. Some of us are still doing it, even though we're Christians. Paul says it's not the way God intends. Verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, I think about this every time I, I, I uh, watch the advertisements during the Super Bowl. And I, you know, I own an advertising company, and I love advertisements, and I love the concept of marketing and all of that stuff. So I watch the Super Bowl a little bit different, and often I like go into the kitchen when it comes time for the game to start, and then when the commercials come in, that's when I want to watch. You know, I want to see these millions and millions of dollars being spent on commercials that I don't understand. And... Um, and a lot of them are for, are for recovery things. They're medications that then say at the end, and by the way, this might kill you taking this medication. <laughs> and don't be surprised if your head falls off when you eat this, you know. And, and don't be surprised if this, 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 and happen. And you, you watch it and you think, you know what's so funny is that maybe not funny, maybe just sad. Ten years ago, the, they were advertising the thing that caused <laughs> what they're medicating you for now. <laughs> this whole diabetes thing. Has, come, has become out of control in our nation, mostly because of fast food and soda, which are the two most rich things that have been advertising at the Super Bowl for the few years. This is the way the world works. We go, we fix things that are broken, and then it's, we want them to break again so we can fix them. And then we, we, we throw these, all these kinds of tools um, at the world that just frustrates us in the long run. Paul says, look at this, on the contrary... The tools that we have, if you're a Jesus follower, the tools that we have, have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'm going to say that again because some of you are still a little bit asleep. This has divine power. Power from the creator of the universe. Paul's concepts. God's tools have divine power to get rid of once and for all the things that have held you, the things that have controlled you. It's possible. You have it inside you if you're a Jesus follower. So as you sit today, maybe you have done what I've done and you have struggled in your life. I'm finally on a running regimen of some sort, and as soon as I, I it happens every time, as soon as I feel like, hey man, I am running and I'm finally in this exercise thing, I tweak an ankle. And I wake up in the morning and go, well, I could run, but my ankle hurts. And I don't, my next thought isn't, well, maybe I could do something that doesn't involve my ankle. It's I'll sit on the couch and eat instead. And I've done this my whole life. My entire life. This is the way I've, and I told Risha on the way here this morning, you know what, we're learning things about our world. We're learning about what we're eating. If you want more answers about that, come see me afterwards. I can give you a whole lot of information about the things you're eating. We're learning about what we're eating, things that my mom and dad didn't know when they fed me. We're learning about the habits that we're developing when it comes to fast food and soda and the junk food and the chips and all that stuff. We're learning about what that stuff really is and what it does to our bodies long term. My mom and dad didn't know that, and it developed in me this habit and this longing for barbecue potato chips that, listen to me, I don't want my son to have. It's not because my parents 
messed me up. They didn't know better. I know better. And when I know better, I should do better. You know better. Make changes in the way you live your life. Because the way you mess with your body, the way you work with your body, the way you treat your body is important to God. It's a big deal. And you're passing on your habits to the next generation. The way we deal with our strongholds is incredibly important. If you're going on fad diets every January and off of them by March, or February 1st, most of us, your kids are watching. And that's what they'll do. Don't be surprised by that. If you're struggling with food now, your kids are going to struggle too if you don't teach them a different way to do this. Paul says we can deal differently with this. There are strongholds in this place today. That's what Paul calls them. These things that control us. I want you to know we are committed in this church. In 2014, we are committed to hitting them head on at all costs. We're starting today, this Bod for God thing. 65 people? Some, most of you are sitting here right now. Some of you aren't, but most of you are sitting here that are going to be here today. I want you to know, if you're not in this, it won't work. If you think you're going to follow a plan and this plan will lead you to life change, it's not the plan that changes you. It's God. And you have to give up your surrendered life to God today. When you weigh in, that is what changes you. Paul says the rest of the stuff is the way the world works, and it doesn't work in the end. So you give this stuff to God. The cool thing about this plan that Rick has is, is this, that's what it does. It helps you give it to God all the time. I walked in today, and I'm like, huh, I wonder who the guy is in the check shirt. He's new. I turned around, it's Rick. He's different. Not just physically, he's different. And I've had the same thing I could say about many of you who have walked in and, and have physically and emotionally changed the way you live your lives. There are strongholds in this place. Cigarettes. How much money? How many college educations are represented by the cigarettes that have been bought in this room alone. How many, how many college educations could we pay for with all the cigarettes that have been bought in this room today? Man, breaks my heart. It's not about guilt. It's about you going, no, no, not anymore. At all costs. This is my one and only life. And I will not do this with it. Strongholds are these things that control us. And Paul says, you have it, if you're a Jesus follower, you have it inside you to stop this. We demolish arguments and pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm writing this little thing right now called thought catching and it's my own little journal that I'm writing and I'm trying to do this, capture every thought that comes through my head. And as I'm preaching right now, this happens to me, it's a very weird thing. You should try this preaching thing sometime. You stand up in front of people and you have all this stuff prepared to say, but in my mind I'm thinking other things. Like, oh, she got her hair cut Oh, Pam's hat looks like Santa Claus. And, oh, I, I mean, I, I'm just being honest. These are the things that happen in my mind, and I have to constantly, while I'm preaching, I have to go, God, i gotta go, I got more important things than the Santa hat. And I got, this is the way I, I work on a daily basis, and it's not just my preaching. This is the way I live my life. Every day, every time I do something, I go in, and, I, and this is what marketing is. I, I, I drive down the street, and I'm like, oh, McDonald's, boy, could I use a Big Mac? And then I drive this way. Oh, boy, there's a sign with a girl wearing almost nothing. Boy, I could, oh, no, I, no the, thank goodness there's a Big Mac again. And think, I mean, it's just one thing after another all day. Paul says, here's the key. You've got to get to the point where you take your thoughts 
captive. You become in control of your thoughts. Men, could you imagine what that would look like? If you could control your thoughts about women, would it change your marriage? Uh-huh. Would it change the way you think? Would it change how much you get done in a day? Yes. This is who God wants us to be, men. So here's what we're doing around here. We're doing things like breaking free. Now, this is for women. Um, uh, Allison has breaking free starting. You'll see it in your bulletin, 25th, I believe, in February. In a couple weeks, there's a sermon series called uh, Breaking Free. It's with Beth Moore and Allison. <laughs> and um, Allison's just going to kind of facilitate it. Beth Moore's going to do the preaching. Um, but it'll be at her house, and it's a group of women who are going to say, hey, we want to break these strongholds in our life. We want to start thinking different. And this is for women. Um, if you've already signed up for that class, Allison's going to call you this week and see if you're still interested in the times that she's meeting. If you're not, we're going to offer more times. There are only going to be about 15 people that can fit in her house. Mick Wolf is doing one in her house, too, at a, on a Saturday. So everything, we're kind of make these off, uh, offerings available to everybody so we can make sure and cover all this. Breaking Free is going to be an amazing opportunity for you. And then for me, I'm doing, for men and women both, you'll see uh, in the bulletin, I think it's the 27th, um, so it's a week after this, um, we're doing a bunch of quitters. and We're going to sit in the church and we're going to start learning about what it means to take our thoughts captive and what it means to quit the things that are controlling us. It's going to be awesome. We want to give you opportunities to start thinking differently, to take control of your thoughts. One of the things I'm going to do, I know, and this is one of those secrets that probably won't come out today, but I'm hoping they do over the next year, there is pornography in this room in the hearts and in the minds of the men in this room today, maybe some of the women too. It is the leading cause of Christian divorces right now. Pornography. It's easy to see, it's easy to get, it's easy to hide, and we're going to put light on it in this place. Because it is affecting your marriage, your relationships. We are going to stop it. I'm saying it out loud, right in this place, we're going to stop it. We have tools to stop it. I got a piece of software, people come to me and say, John, it's so, how do you get to a place in your life where you don't struggle with pornography? I'm like, I, I don't know that I don't struggle with pornography. I might, if it weren't for the fact that my wife gets a history of all my places I visited every Friday. She gets them on my computer. I have a tool that's on my computer, my phone, my iPad, anything that I can get to the internet with, she has. And she gets it every Friday. And I don't ever, when I travel and go from work, I don't ever take anything with me that doesn't have that software on it, and I don't ever room by myself, very rarely do. And if I do, I have the lady at the front desk turn off the whole X-rated thing. I don't even need to see the menu options, you know what I'm saying? The truth is I might have a problem, serious problem, if it weren't for these tools and this accountability and the light that is shed on the fact that I am a human man, and then I am red-blooded and I deal with the exact same thing that every, every man in this room deals with. And I want you to know, I would have a problem if it weren't for these tools in my life. It's not about spiritual superiority. It's not about getting up and praying harder in the morning. That is not what's keeping me. It's these tools. It's these people. It's shedding light on it. It's bringing light to what would normally be done in the darkness. It's what we're going to do around here. And I'm just going to be real honest. These are the kinds of things I never would say from a pulpit. But I'm going to say it because I'm so serious about these. And here it is. If you're a Christian man and you're coming to church in this place, over the next five weeks, if you're dealing with pornography and it's a secret, you're going to get more and more uncomfortable every week. And I wish it weren't true, 
In fact, I went, I, when I started preaching, I wanted people to be comfortable all the time, you know? And I do, I want you to be happy here and comfortable here, but I don't want you to leave the way you came in. And I don't want you to leave in your life, in your heart, the things that are destroying who you are and what you love. We're going to get these things into the light. We're going to get food and poison. When I say poison, you're going to hear me say it a lot. That's nicotine, things that cause cancer. That's also the junk that we put in our bodies that isn't nicotine, and people don't think about it. This happens all the time. I, I have a friend who, and I'm not going to make a political statement by this in any way, but I have a friend who was just fired from a church um, because it came out that he was gay. And the person that fired him and announced it to the congregation came and stood on the stage and is so obese and overweight and has such a huge problem with food that it's literally like people are like doing this as he can't hardly get up the stage. He made the announcement. It's okay, see, to be a glutton. The truth is it's not. There is no lifestyle that causes you to be that out of control that is honoring to God or that God looks the other way on. We're going to stop it in this place. We're going to give you every opportunity to understand that you have inside you everything you need to get rid of the strongholds in your life. The truth is when it comes to food and poison and the stuff that we put in our bodies and the fast food stuff and the cheap stuff at the grocery store, because it's cheap, we buy it and then we say, well, I can either feed my family or I can eat some broccoli myself. I'm going to ask you to figure it out, even if it's a financial issue, because it's that important to your life. What we do with our bodies is that important, and you can't tell by how people look. You know that? It's not about how you look. It's not about how much weight you're carrying. It's not about how big you are. It's not about how thin you are. There are people in this room right now who are the worst eaters in the world, and they are the skinny ones. Doggone it, you! And there are some of you in this place that have been working really hard. And you've lost weight and you have changed. But you still don't look like it. And I want you to know that's not what's important to God. In fact, you can tell a whole lot more about a person by the, the sacks that are in their back seat on the floor than what they look like. How many McDonald's sacks? How many Hardy's sacks? That's what we're going to make a change in around here. The food and the poison. We're going to and come up with some real plans to get rid of the cigarettes in our lives. To get rid of the addictions, the things that are controlling us. Exercise and stress. Some of you would rather quit the other stuff than actually have to stand up and move. Okay? You won't believe what this does for your life. And some of you have been listening to that since Jane Fonda. I know. But I'm telling you, it's something you have to try. If you can get to a point where you can consistently move your body in a regular basis for a regular amount of time, it changes your physical life, it changes your emotional life, your relational life. It has changed everything in my life. Just go ask my wife. Because here's the thing about all this. It's, it's not just about me. In fact, if you walk out of here today and you say, no way, I'm going to eat what I want when I want, I'm going to do what I want when I want, it's just selfish living. Somebody around you loves you desperately and deserves to have you longer than that. Somebody around here, around you, loves you so desperately, they deserve you at your 100%. Not the guy who can't get up the stairs because his lungs are so full of cigarette junk. They don't deserve that. It's not just about you. Your kids deserve to be able to play with you and love you for the rest of your, their lives, uh, the rest of your life, and, and to be in a place where you can 
Love them with everything you have and give them the energy that God gave you. It's not just about you. We're going to talk about rest and the rhythm of life. I know these guys too. I have a lot of friends like this. I have a lot of type A business owner friends who, who have the food thing figured out. They're very skinny and they look good in a suit, you know. And they've, they've got the exercise thing figured out. They've got a gym membership. I've got friends like this, you know. They drive me nuts. They're driving a really nice car, most of them. And then you start talking a little bit and you realize their life's a mess because they don't understand the rhythm of life. They think that their job in life is to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and never take a break, and never take a calculated break. We're going to talk about rest and the rhythm of life, and we're going to talk about sex and relationships. And those two things go hand in hand. If you have a problem with sex, it's affecting the relationships around you. And here's the thing. The the people in your life that you love most are the ones that stand to hurt the most if you have a problem with sex. Your wife, your kids, your husband, your mom and dad. Those are the ones that hurt. It's not just the relationship with those you're cheating on. It's all the relationships around you. And the closer they are to you, the more they stand to be hurt. It's not just about you. It's part of what we're going to talk about during this series. One of the ways that God has given us um, to to talk about this over this series is our website, stronger-me.org. It's on your, uh, .com, sorry. It's on your bulletin. If you're not a member yet, go out there, become, log in, um, free membership to go out there and start to, to look at these tools. We just rolled out at 3.30 this morning, our developers rolled out a new feature. I'm pretty excited about it. It's slow, and I know some of you still aren't using this yet, but I'm really excited about getting it going. We have the daily log still where you go on and you'll read a little bit about something I wrote this week. It's about the physical stuff. Um, and then, uh, then you can log and write and journal a little bit, develop those habits spiritually. But now we've added a, a goals um, section for the physical segment. And you can see real quick, this is what it looks like when you log on. You can hit the life elements button there, and it will take you to this, which is this place where you can set your goals. And I'm really excited about this. I've already got like 13 goals in there. Um, this morning I got up and one of the developers said, dang it, John, you already broke this thing. And I just got it up at 3.30 because I put too many goals in. But I was trying to kind of break it. And I get to physical there. Um, it, when you click on physical, you see the goals and the log. There you can actually set up goals. And you go to that next slide, Tanya. You can see I set up a couple here already, um, food intake and exercise. Food intake, I'm going to say I'm going to keep under 1,800 calories a day. Um, and then with exercise, if I clicked on that, it would drop down and say I'm going to exercise every day. Then I go in at the end of the day and I say, yes, I've done it or no, I haven't. We're going to keep that going. And over the next few weeks, we're going to introduce a whole uh, social media aspect to this website too, where people can go on and you can give them permission to see how you're doing on your goals and how all that's going. We If this doesn't work, we'll quit it and we'll do something else. We just want to give you chances. We want to give you tools that will make a difference in the way you live your life on a daily basis and give you opportunities for intentional growth in your body. Check this out. Next slide. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says this. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper Worship. This is what I want from you, God says. This is why I built you. To live every day for me. Because I'm where you are. It's an amazing thing. When I was in college, band, you guys can come up if you want. When I was in college, um, I had a professor that I really liked. And uh, he was only a few years older than me, but I really looked up to him. He was good looking and funny. And his, you know, his wife was really nice and she was a great cook. And so I hung out with him a lot. And and just a really, just the kind of guy I wanted to be. And he drove an Infinity Q. Oh, 
1994, I'll never forget. 1994 Infiniti. And um, I drove a 1986 Nissan with a wheel that went <laughs> when you drove it, you know? So it, this thing was awesome, and I always admired it, and I always was like, kick off your shoes when you get in it kind of a thing, you know? One day, he, he knew I loved it. I kind of acted cool, but he must have known. He said, John, I'm going to, the, going to the airport. I'll be gone for a few days. Would you drive me to the airport in my Infiniti? Like, yeah, I'll drive that thing. And I thought, so what do I do with the car? I said, well, yeah, I will, but what do you want me to do with the car? And he said, I want you to drive it for the week. You know? So here, I mean, I can't, even, I can't even afford to buy a real meal. I can't afford anything at this point in my life, and I'm driving this. It, to me, it was, as, it was the peak of luxury at that point, you know? I'm driving on this cloud, you know? And I drive it. very first thing I do, I dropped him off. I drove it to Walmart, I'll never forget, and I bought an entire pack for like $5 or $6 of rugs, like welcome rugs, you know, like the cheap and covered the floorboards of his car <laughs> in those rugs. I didn't want anything spilled anywhere. It was just immaculate car. I drove it so carefully. I remember there was a car wash in town. It was the brush, the brushes, you know? And I remember somebody had said, don't, don't use the brushes, you know? And they didn't have any of the brushless, so I washed it by hand while he was gone. I filled it full of premium. I didn't even know there was such a thing as premium. I just put the cheapest thing in that I could put in my car, you know? I filled it full of premium, and I dropped it off. I'd never been so proud to hand him his keys back, you know? I pulled all, you can have the rugs, you know, <laughs> the rugs. I've never been so proud to hand him his keys back because here's the thing, I take care of the things, the precious things that I'm loaned until it comes to my body. Truth is, your body's not yours. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's like he said, here are the keys, but I want it back. <laughs> you're gonna be held accountable for how this looks. Some of you need to go to Walmart and buy some rugs. Some of you need to clean this thing up because you're going to be held accountable for this. You understand? That God has said, this is not something disposable to me. You know what's great? When we get to heaven, he said, the very first thing you're going to get is a new body. You're going, to get this, you're going to get this body made better. Same body, but it's going to be fixed. It's going to be clean. You're not going to deal with the same things you're dealing with now because God, your body is important to God. We could have just floated around for all of eternity. God wants you to have a body. He's loaned it to you. It's time to clean it up. How you treat your body is a big deal to God. Choosing not to deal with your urges today negatively affect the most important relationships in your life. Jesus said, you know, Jesus didn't like the word Christian. Very few people said that, and the only people that called people Christians were derogatory. They're a bunch of Christians. They're people who are followers of Jesus. Jesus actually called himself a um, he, he said that he had the way and his followers were followers of the way because it's not a matter of religion it's a matter of the way you live your life some of you are coming in here and you're religious but you're not living your life any differently than the rest of the world you're eating the same things you're not changing the way you live God says I, I want you to change the way you live and live unselfishly today's a good chance for you to do it and I want you to know there are Girl Scout cookies in this room the cookies aren't the problem right? They're right, yeah. Whoever's selling them goes, yes, they're not the problem, you know. <laughs> Cookies aren't the problem. They're cigarettes in your purses. Let me tell you, the cigarettes aren't the problem. The problem is in your heart. It's in your head. And it's time to make a change. And you can go and you can get that little blue cigarette. Have you seen that electric thing? I, I'm not even a smoker. I, I laugh at that thing. I don't know if it works or not, but it seems like it might work for some and not for others. I don't know if it works. It might help, but I can tell you in the long run, it's not the best way. Quit. 
I've seen the diet plans, and what Rick's starting today is not about a diet plan. It's about going to the one who is the source of your life and surrendering. It's what you need to do today. I'm going to give you a chance to do that. I'll be right back in the corner if I can help you, but this is just between you and God this morning. Would you stand with us and sing? Thank <laughs> you.